Well, I had a, a big, uh, I think you might call it a revelation, not an epiphany. I think an epiphany is like some sort of like unexpected revelation of something you just didn't know existed before. Like almost seeing like some sort of uh, like elder God in a, in a, you know, five dimensional space or something. But uh, I was biking around and uh, I went by, uh, I realized that I haven't really been doing my garbage shares of Amsterdam stuff enough. People love that. And why don't I do that? I don't know. I just, it just dropped off. But I went by one of my favorite spots for garbage shares. There's always a ton of stuff out there. Uh, and, and sure enough, today there was an entire, like, um, probably six dining room table chairs just like stacked up there that people were getting rid of. Some miscellaneous wood. Some sort of uh, some sort of refrigeration device. Not really sure what it was, but they had since put up a, a, a new sign, and the sign, of course, the top is in uh, in Dutch, but then the bottom is translated, and what it says is in, that in English because they yeah, know that the English English speakers are going to take the trash exactly. And at the bottom <laughs> of this sign, and this is this is a big you know we've covered the 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 garbage cans here at the end uh, you know. There's always a cluster, not at the end of every street, but there'll be a cluster. Yes, th- th- yes. Well, there's that. This is actually in Amsterdam, so the trash is quote unquote free. I mean, you pay taxes for it, but you know you don't have to pay at the pump, as it were. Um, boy, one day we should have me rant about the lack of pay at the pump here in Europe. I don't know what they're thinking, but like, anyways. same here, same here. They 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 introduced it, and almost all the stores unilaterally stopped doing it. Because oh. they couldn't get people. I don't understand what he mean. I mean. You can't pay at the pump. You have to like walk in. I know. I know. This is most, it's it's, it's baffling, Brandon. No, yeah, I was say, this is the um, European and Australian version of bank transfers. Like when I have to explain to someone from. Oh no 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 no! no. They, nice. they had it. No, they had it, and then the the stores were like, you know, Hold what? On. we don't. Let's go continent by continent. In Australia, they had it, and you were saying they took it away. Is that right, Matt? Well, they, they still have it a few places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but the stores were like, there's like three main chains or whatever. And they're like, you know what? We don't have the foot traffic of people buying you know Doritos anymore. Yeah. We need to make more money. And so they took it away. And they're like, what are you going to do? Go to the other shops that don't have it either? So I'm wow. sure there's okay. some sort of like, do, you know. do, Yeah. Do, do no, they call people- before we get off it now, Kote, have they never even had it in the- I, I've, been, I've, encountered, I, I've encountered two places. See? And almost every day I think like, God damn it, I should have noted their addresses. Because if you, it, it's it, it's it's hard to search for like you know uh, pay at the pump gas station Netherlands like they I don't, don't think have that... a lot of gas stations here. Yeah, that's no. one of the things they probably have half as many as they have in the U.S. It's just a lot what? less density wow. of gas I, stations. I, I, when I talk to you, man, this is a, this is uh, you know for once I feel like the U.S. We're really ahead of the game. This is like yeah no I think we're winning. It, it, we're winning on like this one. Spending money, are you ahead of the game? The U.S. I, I is think, always there to extract money. I think I, I think I think well, your your analogy is exactly uh, right, Brandon. The next time someone brings up your bank transfers, you should be like, "Just hold on to your pants, come! I'm about to fucking blow your mind." Like, <laughs> just, just really. Turn. It's like we never talk to anyone when we buy gas. You just go up, you put your card in, and then no, you yeah. leave. I mean, oh, that's yeah. uh, it's so magical. In and, and then you're like, I might as well get some, you know, get a soda while I'm here. No surprise here. The best place to buy gas in, gas in the United States, Costco. Just, I mean, it's just a machine. Oh yeah, it's cheaper. It's a, yeah. it's just yeah. that's there's you know another I, win. See, I think I think I think I want to get back to the the garbage shares here momentarily. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think I think we've uncovered. I don't know. Like most of these things, it's not universally true, but there is in the 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 toolkit 
of American business culture, business think. I think, again, it doesn't always get applied, but I think one of our our primary tools is volume. Like, we're always interested in, like, how do I drive as much volume as quickly as possible? And I am willing to sacrifice foot traffic in a store if it means people can more quickly, like, get gas. And also, maybe I don't actually have to, like, staff too much. I guess mm-hmm. you still have to staff stuff. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, uh, it's just, it just, like, is, uh, you know, paying at the pump is just, like, it was one of the biggest shocks when I came over here. And it's still, like, I'm still, like, God damn it, now I need to go fucking talk to someone. Right, like it's it's just yet another instance of me having to talk to someone when I could not. If, if I just want to give a quick shout out, someone in the in the Twitch chat predicted that would be one of your objections. So uh, congratulations <laughs> to Systems Guy. They actually predicted. I mean, they actually. It's I like, mean, you it, yeah. read it, Coach. A. That was perfect. Yes. They, they not, no one is shocked to believe here. Coach a did not want to speak to the Dutch person running the gas station. Nope. Okay, yeah. everyone. They're, uh, they're they're always perfectly nice. It's uh, uh, as always. It's a me problem, not not a uh, not a them yeah. problem. All right, and it's saying, not a, shares. Get us back on track. You know, let's so so uh, and and also it's not a. It, it could be anyone. I don't want to pay for. I don't want to talk to someone in an American gas station. That's that's yeah. no bueno either. And anyways, uh, so they have a sign up, and it says that uh, you can have bulk trash pickup, but you can only drop it off between Sunday. Uh, at like 9 a.m., I think, and then Monday at 6.30 or 7.20 or 7.30 a.m. And they say it's important to pay attention to that because you could be fined. Now, there's two things I was thinking. One, now I know where to go do my bulk drop-off if, if, if I need to. I think this is the thing. I don't know if I've mentioned this. Um, like, you know, when you have to pay for trash— at, at, at the trash can, I relish the opportunity when I drive to Demon or Amsterdam. I'll just take some trash or recycling with me, and you can just <laughs> put it in there for free. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing that, but like, it feels it feels like it's it's what should we'll be keep happening. Keep it small, and then you can be like, "Oh, this is just the trash that was in my car." So now, now if anyone like, I, I'm not going to reveal the location of this uh, because <laughs> because I, I I couldn't actually tell you. I know how to bike there, uh, but. Uh, there's a good place to do some uh, some bulk drop off only on Sundays though. My second quandary was, well, how are they going to fine you? Like, do, do, are there actually like, is there some sort of Nick Nolte like Eddie Murphy like like uh, you know stakeout going on <laughs> where they're like watching people outside of those times and they're going to come and like bust you or something? Oh. Or now, of course, what, the one thing that you do learn, I think, I think if you're in one of these cities where you get fined. Uh, for for trash or recycling being in the inappropriate thing, one of the things you learn very quickly is it's kind of like uh, kind of like a GDPR for garbage. You make sure to to remove all personal identification information from any garbage that you do not put in the correct place. So, wow. so you gotta. Uh, we've actually gotten fined, and I think it might have been our housekeeper who who did this. I was I was very upset for a while because I was like, that is, I go out of my way. To always make anonymize sure. your, your trash. No, no. To always, I put I put trash. This is I, I discovered that day. This is a strange point of me. Is that like I have uh, too much pride in doing my trash correctly, and uh, so I was like, that's impossible. That would not have happened. I would have not if if the paper recycling was full. I would not have put a bag of paper recycling next to it. I would have, as I did just the other day, I would have brought it back home and I would have and waited wait, wait two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I would wait till Monday. 
when they pick up all the paper recycling, and then I would go and put it in there. And so I think I think someone else might have put it there. But you know, there was wow. something with our address, so we got a uh, uh, a fine. We just paid the fine. Well, well, well. Now we know how they punish uh, traffic enforcement cops who who are <laughs> who need a worse shift. You're, like, you're you're on you're on you're on bulk trash duty. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's that's uh, that's that's the uh, what those people in the, the if if there was a wire Amsterdam they, they would, it would be the, <laughs> I'm the, busting you down McNulty to trash to trash patrol. Uh, it is it is I've I've seen I've seen one of the people over there uh, go to the trash cans and they come over there uh, and they um, you can see they're looking at the trash and they have like a camera they have a camera Absolutely. and they like take pictures of things yeah which, yeah the the. They call them rangers here. So the, the traffic rangers, um, mm. as they're you know watching cars, they they take photos. They just walk down the street and they're taking photos as they go. And then you know they come back. I guess you know two hours later, and they're like you know oh, photo shows you were still here. Oh right, so, oh, oh, this is for parking, not for trash. yeah for parking. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. My question then is: is all of this? Uh, do you think Coinbase, uh, which is uh, <laughs> going to be uh, testing out an app? I oh, guess this absolutely. comes out of. Uh, from the Bridgewater radical transparency idea. So Coinbase is going to test an app for employees to, uh, I guess, grade each other during meetings. So I don't mm. totally understand how it's going to work, but I imagine like you're having this app, like you're in a meeting and you can sort of like, like good job, bad job or something along the line. So, so it feels like, you know, this type of uh, maybe, maybe they were reading up on some of like, you know, enforcement of like the trash laws. And parking. <laughs> it's true. Um, they, they, this, they've digitized it. This yeah. Seems on like on the, that slippery slope to the slippery slope to a police state. What's the first thing we can do? And they're like, start narking on your coworkers. That's uh, right. So my question, I, I just wanted to start with like, I, yeah. I just putting my, my uh, cards on the table. I was like, this just seems totally nuts to me. Like everything about well, this seems completely nuts, but like, am I missing it? Am I making this idea of radical transparency? Like, is this something like that I just don't understand? Like there's something good to it. Like what does, do either of you want to work in a place where like, yep, no, this is no. definitely a good situation. No. So, so like when, when I started, when I started my new job, uh, because I'm not in the U.S., I'm working through a third-party contractor, you know, to handle payroll and stuff. And they had this extensive customer or uh, employee privacy NDA thing that you signed away most of your rights. They're like, we're going to install agents on your machine so we can see what you're doing at all times. And, and you know, I just like wrote back as like, no. You know, <laughs> and they're like, and we're going to we're going to have, you know, we, we want permission to, to use your cameras. And I was like, no, you know, and. Coopcast, of course, you know, back me out there. Like, we don't, we don't care about any of that crap. That's just, you know, whatever. But there is this, this, you know, panopticon, you know, employee state where they're trying to keep an eye on everything you do, even if you're remote. And, you know, now they're like, well, I want to start reviewing your coworkers, you know? And they're like, can I get an NPR, uh, NPS on, on your, your boss? You know, it's like, well, you know, this week they were a little harsh. So I'm only going to give them a, you know, 33. And, you know, they'll track your, your bosses and they'll set up, you know, metrics about like when they could fire people. This just, no. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of agree, but like these clearly, I guess that's where I was coming from. It's like, okay, Coinbase, smart people, right? And then I guess this comes out of this uh, Bridgewater, you know, Ray Dalio, you know, Matt, your, your investment guy that we, uh, that Cote likes to compare you to. So, so I don't know. I mean, is it just, is it just like smart people? just coming like maybe for some reason i don't know what they have some type of difficulty interacting with people and 
and and they've just sort of like this is some type of compensation structure. Are they working at a level that they would tell us like we just don't get it? Like you know, you way normally- to be great is to like review everyone in real time because because I just think to myself they're not stupid, they're not dumb. I mean, these are people running like making lots, being successful in some ways. But like I look at this and I'm like, this is nuts. Like I think it's totally crazy. But yeah, yeah. So I, that's yeah, why I'm but, trying to seek the other side. What is the other position? I, 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 you know, I always try to be empathetic and and not not histrionic about things. This is a pretty fucking stupid idea. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, I think that I think the idea that people want feedback on themselves is is if that idea is taken seriously by anyone, they need to get their head checked. No one wants fucking feedback, right? Like what they want to hear. You, you, you go to you go to a therapist or whoever for that. You know, you yeah, don't need yeah. you. You don't want to go in through HR because HR is not the employee's friend. You know, they're management. Right, right, friend. right. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, when you're in a corporate context, the only feedback you want is more money, right? Like that's 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 it. Like the and 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 you know, you could have some like, hey, you're doing a great job, like type of stuff or whatever. But like, really, like you don't want to be rated and. Now I think I think there is a uh, I think there's probably a this is the second thing is that like I I have been re- reading uh, the uh, reading listening to you know that uh, that Dialio how do you say his name Brandon Dalio Dalio I, said I he, you know he he has a book out yes. that I, I've been reading and it's uh there's two th- I, I I it's giving me some insight into like this whole I don't know what to call it I feel like there's like tech libertarian culture. That's kind of simmering out there somewhere that we that we hear a lot about, right? And like, it's very, it's almost like neo Machiavellian, and and it, and Machiavellian in the sense of like, it's what comes across in 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 his book is it's almost like what if you were to write a history of everything that explained how humanity works that is pretty devoid of any value judgments or morals. Right now, he does every now and then say that it's kind of a bummer that millions of people died like that. The, but pretty much like his main thing about like human suffering is it's bad for business. Right. Like and, yeah. and so like through yeah. that lens. Now, don't okay. get me wrong. Like like a lot of like it's it's fun to listen to. And a lot of it seems like, yep, that makes sense. But it's very um, sterile and like performance based. Right. And so similarly, like, I think I think if I remember, I think the Coinbase CEO is like buddies with Tyler Cohen. And once yeah. you're like in the Tyler yeah. Cohen world, then you're in this weird tech libertarian. Yeah. And so, like, I think there's like this mindset in that world that and it's hard to figure out the words for it, but that is very much so like like KPI driven, like everyone is obsessed with performance all types of performance whether it's making money whether it's like improving or whatever and like i think that is an extremely small set of, subset of people who like build their life and their worldview around optimizing performance well, whereas the rest of us the rest of us are just like give me the fucking money so i can like eat some steak and watch some tv right like i don't i don't want to improve right like i've i've improved plenty like yeah. improving is done for. Like yeah. now, it's just time to like relax. Which, if you go, if you go to the uh, the the Dialio book, like that, that's the end of his cycle. Is like once people relax and finally like start to enjoy life, shit gets fucked. 
right? Like that's that's pretty. He's just like, yep. And then they enter decadence, and then eventually yeah. it all it all fades. <laughs> well, away. I mean, the the, the uh, who's it the the Kellogg guy back in the 1900s? That was that was his thing too. He's like, you know, workers yeah. with too much free time. You know what they start to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so and so like I can totally see this from whatever that that. We need so we we need like a Bruce Sterling to like give a ninety minute talk on whatever this culture is because it's something beyond like several years ago there was like the California tech culture well this is in the nineties so many years ago and it's not that like once all the hippies died or retired from the California tech scene this new thing came into its place and it's this very like very like sterile numbers driven not really interested in like values. I know I realize that's in, in the States a right wing thing, but I just I just mean putting value on something beyond monetary value, but not like a value sort of moralistic kind of culture thing like that has no interest to them unless it impacts performance or somehow makes performance better. Right. And and so, sure, if you're that kind of mindset, you're just like. That would be amazing. I think maybe that's I, I, I would love more. Da- I would love a dashboard above my head, which uh-huh. I would totally look at, and I would love Absolutely. to see a dashboard on top of everyone else's. Right. Head. So that's the part I guess I I don't fully understand. I guess that's the part I I'm question about. Like people that are proposing for this is like, okay, I can understand that there maybe are some people that could just like you, that want it and can do it, but like just being in society for your life for both Ray Dalio and uh, the CEO of Coinbase, like. I think that would clue you into like most of the world is not that is not yeah, how most yeah, of the yeah. world wants. So like you wouldn't like you're proposing something that is sort of like like almost to me it's like I would almost argue that only a few human beings are even capable of wanting this and enjoying it. So like why would I try to propose something to an entire but, workforce that I just <clears> know is like I I just re- I would go so far as to think I just don't think human beings can like at least process real-time feedback almost continuously no, about themselves but, but it, like, it's a, the human mind cannot take that in but but there's this this you know fantasy that you know i'm not gonna say we all have but definitely a lot of people have like well if i was in charge i'd do it this way and you know everything would be perfect right there's always the like mm. you know every time you know somebody's grumbling about democracy they're like if i was in charge you know i'd make sure these things and so what's happened is you have these people who you know They've gotten to power. Maybe, you know, maybe they're not uh, running a country, but they're running a company. And they're like, you know what? I'm gonna. I've always had this good idea, and yeah. now is and my this chance is the way it's to gonna try work. it out. We're all gonna like be rated, and and it's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, because you know, uh, you know, because I know better than everyone else. It's like you know, look at uh, Musk talking about uh, Twitter. He's like, oh, I can fix the moderation problem, and I'm like, <laughs> sure you can, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, be... I think I think I think as long as their board starts doing it, then they should do it with think, the rest. Things of the are going to be good. Just, yeah. Just give give that a trial with the board for a quarter or two and see how. Yeah. It flies. I don't. I guess you know. In the end, your I think your point is right on there. I guess it, the one thing you know, there's all this talk about like work and people returning to the in the office, and I think that's sort of related to this around, like, for the most part, it's executives, and I think it's really successful executives, some making hundreds of millions of dollars, who are like, hey, we want to return to the office, and I think sometimes I think. I think what people miss there is like less about the office, but it's sort of like if I was making hundreds of millions of dollars and the entire company was basically set up to like, you know, help me make decisions and almost every meeting or everything I do is like incredibly intellectually challenging and, you know, and people are presenting me like their best ideas and telling me what's going on. Like it would probably be a great place to work, but that's not work for most people. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of like when uh, that was funny. There was a funny Elon Musk tweet about, 
He's like, I can't believe the Twitter legal group called me about having to file this thing because I tweeted this out. And it's like, yeah, like, you're like, Elon, you're not going to believe some of the other stuff you have to do in the company. Like you have to take <laughs> your compliance training and yeah. you have to do uh, your timesheets and you have to do your expense reports and you have to like sometimes just prepare slides that are immediately dismissed as soon as like you work on it for like in a week and then someone would be like, ah, oh, we don't need that topic on to the next thing. And it's like, well, like yeah. that's a and whole different, like, and it's, like, it's like that's I'm a notion of like- absolutist. And they're like, right. uh, can we and get that's rid the of whole thing about like this idea that when you're in charge, right? It's like- Sure. If I have the whole company, like the people that are at the top, I'm sure they want to go back to the office where everything is great for them. But like for everyone else, it's a lot different. And I guess it's just to, I guess, with the point you're making, Matt, or something's like, I don't know, there's just a real like, uh, I guess when people get to the top, sometimes you just kind of completely lose focus. Like not everybody's experiencing the same work environment that you are, even though you're at working at the same place. So I don't know. That's why, at least to me, I don't want to walk around. I don't want to rate nor be rated continuously. I, I mean, and then also they're like a Bitcoin exchange, right? So like yeah. <laughs> you're already super shady, right? Oh, like, yeah, and and yeah. like kind of kind of like drifting on like uh like obviously, you know, shady crap, right? Well, and so yeah. and so like and, and then and then, you know, and because of that, right? Like it's it's uh uh to this this is maybe like the second or third week in a row where we've mentioned one of our old things, right? You have a there must it's it's not necessarily like a halo effect, but it's the uh, it's like the it's like the the Google ad effect where like you've got so much money and valuation like sloshing around that you feel like everything must be great. Like it's sort of like, I don't know, what if you are at um, like, uh, I don't know, just like a cardboard manufacturing company, right? That like is, is not too like crazy and, and like overvalued, like. You wouldn't be doing this kind of shit. Like right. everyone just be like, fuck that. I'm gonna go work at the paper place. Right. <laughs> but it's it's only it's only when you have like this this uh thick, thick, fluffy like layer of fat that cushions you from reality that you get when you're like way high valued and because you work in Bitcoin or whatever, that you can just like float this stuff around. And then you know, if you run a very successful hedge fund, you can also do idiosyncratic crap, right? And <laughs> and it's it's sort of like, you know, if uh I'm sure if like I, I I think I think what occurs is that you know there are a lot of electric car manufacturers and people who tried it out and like Tesla obviously sort of won out and the assumption is that like because of the way that uh, that that we the core people think and what we were doing we were successful when other people weren't whereas really it's just like. No, like, you know, fate and destiny just forgot to wake up that morning for those other people. Like, yeah. you know, like some some semi truck like fell off of a bridge so they didn't get a battery shipment and therefore they didn't make those quarter sales and then it tanked. And then also inflation was going up and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, eh, I don't know, man. Every Everyone kind of has a similar chance. So you shouldn't learn from success and high valuations that like your wacky ideas that people have never really planned out like have anything to do with like being successful. And right. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of generalizing based on something, like this, this little thing here, but like, yeah, that's just a dumb fucking idea. Well, I do. Like, and I think just to maybe finish it <laughs> off, like the, the part I always think about the radical transparency. So I'm just looking at Coinbase here. So in the last six months, you know, it's lost uh, 77% of its value. Right. And it's like, so I think if you were to ask the CEO of Coinbase, I think he would say something like, well, you know, all the things you just went through, economic conditions, there's natural pullback. You know, I think he would just cite a lot of external reasons that 
the valuation has gone down. And I would probably agree with him, but like, it's just back to this radical transparency or this, like, you know, this idea that everyone can be accountable. But like, if you were applying this, like, wouldn't he be the most accountable? Exactly. Wouldn't he be like, why, <clears throat> like, like, why didn't you prevent it going down from 80%? Like, why did you yeah. run an organization that allowed this to happen? You were in charge. And it's like, yeah. you know, but I, so I just I, think that's always the weird things. And I think, I think you see this a lot when, you know, these moments when these executives are somehow for whatever reason, like one of them, the, you know, that comes to mind is like, obviously there was that famous solar winds where it was like, Hey, it was the intern, right. Where you like, you see some of these CEOs pressed and, and like all of them have been pressed in different ways. Right. You know, whether it's Larry Ellison or like there's a millions so when they get on the stand, they, they will also often cite the things that they, that they're told in meetings. Like people are trying to like, you know, deflect, right. Or say it with someone else. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I always just wonder, you never see the consistency there, right. They're never like, yep. It's like, I don't know, well, maybe the CEO of Coinbase is like, this was 100% my fault and I'm fixing it. Or yeah. Netflix would be the more recent one. Like, you know, the we know about the keeper principle there. It's like, wow, like, well, if, if it goes down 80%, like, is who's that on, that. right? And, and I mean, so, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one and only HR meeting, you know, they put me in charge of HR to implement this policy. And I'd, you know, I'd go to, uh, I'd go to the, the, the CEO and I was like, can we start with you? <laughs> can we can we put your meetings everywhere and let everyone just watch what you're doing and we'll put out you know weekly nps anonymized for the entire workforce and see how they think you're doing and then of course you know i get fired but you know that's what people would want to see is is you know hey um it's great that we're reviewing each other how do you think your coworkers think you're doing as you lead us down 80 percent down yeah, I feel like this always ends poorly for the employees. Though. So don't do that, Matt. Don't do that. Don't do <laughs> well, like that. I don't, said, uh, yeah. <laughs> first of all, you hired me to, for HR. Probably a bad move. And right. secondly, it's like I didn't get the memo that said, you know, I serve management. So. Well, I think that's the flip side of the radical transparencies. I think a lot of companies are learning now. It's like, hey, as the workforce becomes, I don't know, more vocal. Portable. Yeah. And uh, that a lot of things that they raise that aren't aren't necessary. So I don't know. I don't think it necessarily works well for anyone, the employee or management or anyone. So I don't yeah. know. We'll, yeah. we'll have to, I, I, I mean, we'll have to I track mean, this at Coinbase. We'll have to see what happens. To 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 channel our uh, our old friend Andrew. Clay Schaefer, like they, I, I think everyone should start off with the radical transparency of just publishing everyone's pay, and then, uh, and then, and then six months later, after all the meetings that ensue, uh, then you can think about other types of radical transparency <laughs> and and just uh, <laughs> just figure that one. Cote making like life that. hard for HR. I like that one. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, again, you know, you know me. I always go back to like, what are we doing here? We're we're getting money. That's what we're doing. So let's focus on that. Like, there's there's. Uh, you could have got all these principles and pay attention to the customer and blah blah blah. No, 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 no. We're here to get money, so let's let's uh, let's let's narrow it down and and real money, not this Bitcoin bullshit. Actual foldable, spendable money. And insider pro tip to to people with customers in in uh, in crypto: get paid in U.S. dollars. That's right. Now, now, while while we're on the crypto thing, I want to ask. I, I, I put this in, in our, our Slack, which you you listeners, we have a lot of great stuff in there. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, uh, you can click on the Slack link and cut, get into our Slack channel, all sorts of good stuff. But I, I saw that, that, uh, that someone lost their NFTs for a show they were making through a phishing <laughs> attack. And yeah. like, I don't, I, I, someone kind of explained this to me, but I didn't quite understand how you can get cheated out of in, NFTs that you are developing a show around and somewhere in the article, it was like, because they lost the copyright. But I feel like, you know, if you have a record of like illegally losing track of your 
your NFT thing that you previously owned a copyright on, either like, like it's not like losing money. It's like there's a record of everything happening. And also you could just like say like, yeah, well, no. Right? Like, like, no, you know, it's and, written, written to the ledger, man. The ledger yeah, and, is the and, final and you arbiter. Could, you could just download like the, I don't know, I don't know if you're downloading like a, a, a PSD okay. file or a JPEG. You can't, you can't right click an NFT. Uh, but it's just, it's, it, I don't understand because it seems like everything is logged and more or less transparent. So yeah. you could track down who, who did these shenanigans. And also, well, I have, I have to say, it also seems like this is a good lesson. Like, don't, have your business model depend on owning something that doesn't exist. That's that, that might be, that might be in my Cote's uh, hedge fund principles uh, that like your business should uh, rely on things that actually exist. That, that uh, I don't know. It, it does seem like an article that was sort of just a little, a little bit of clickbait. Cause I think it's like, it clearly got stolen. I think to maybe your specific question, it's like they probably technically, don't have the keys. So they technically don't have the copyright. But if they were to make the show, it seems very unlikely that the person that now has it would sue them for a copyright violation, right? Like that, I guess, is the part where it's like, so in the end, if you want to make a show on Bored Apes, which got to be honest, seems questionable to begin with. Maybe they, got, maybe this person actually saved them a lot of money. I don't know where this show, exactly oh. what was going. <laughs> uh, but if you wanted to, it seems like, you know, really not having the copyright would, would not, I don't think it would stop you, but but from, but it's, uh, if you it's, think it's going to be a hit show, it's servicing the pyramid scheme, right? You know, we we you know if if you don't use the NFT, you're not going to be generating more interest in NFTs, which mm. you know won't be increasing the value. I mean, all this is is you know here we are talking about it, right? So they're putting it back in in the spotlight. You know, probably probably in a week or so, he's going to you know miraculously get it back, and they'll announce oh, that the show's like coming that. back. You know, and and, and now we're we'll like. And we wasted a whole, you know, freaking news cycle talking about this stupid. Sorry, I, I can't help it. It's stupid. Yeah, you <laughs> know, you know, I, I think, I think this, this, this is. I, I, I need to learn the lesson that every time some sort of like uh, uh, Bitcoin, blockchain, whatever thing comes up, it's just like, it's just like there was also an announcement of. Uh, uh, I mean, not announcement. Someone did an analysis of like all the millions of dollars put into Kubernetes startups. And like, you know, my joke was like, oh, I didn't know Kubernetes didn't already do all those things. And I think I think that's what I learned about uh, Bitcoin and everything is like, actually, every time I think I understand it, I, I don't understand how it operates. It's, uh, well, it's you know. it's, mon- you know, the NFTs are just monetized attention. Right. And they're like, yeah, look, uh, we have this many people paying attention to that. Wouldn't you like to have that attention? And, you know, for if you're doing a show they could turn mm-hmm. around and get advertisers and they can increase, you know, so there's a couple of angles of how they would make. Oh, I like that. You got eyeballs. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's just a way, but, but like a lot of the things, you know, there's thousands of, you know, uh, crypto coins out there. It's like, I don't get those. I mean, and, and, yeah. and so I guess, I guess to go back to our, 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 our techno libertarian people, I guess what they would tell me, and this would just prove my point about that mindset is that like, what I should do is I need to figure out a way to bet against the the, the Bitcoin thing to like because I mean that's a good representation. Well, how do you I bet against a pyramid scheme? Well, I, that, that's a good. I, I don't know. But that's a it's a good. That's another good data point on like the mindset of of the the, the tech neo libertarian people is that like the way. Well, there you go. The way that you make a value judgment is by is with money, 
Like where you put your money and take on your risk is how you uh, express your beliefs and things. So if I were to say I believe that like Bitcoin is all bullshit, that would mean that immediately what I need to do is figure out a way to invest against it uh, with money. Whereas like more of the Cote way of doing things is like, no, no, how about you just give me money? And, <laughs> and I don't that's what I want. I want the money and I'm not going to spend it. I, I, I buy things I want with the money. I don't use it to sort of like express my worldview. You just, but. Well, I don't know where it's going to end all, but I do think, uh, you know, I was looking for like markers, like, could this be the top? And I think uh, the recent announcement that Adam Newman, who's uh, the person that started WeWork, you know, and all that we all know about WeWork, he's his Web3 startup raised uh, 70 million from uh, VCs like uh, A16Z for the goodness, what is it, Goddess Nature Token. That feels like a bad, that just, I mean, when you read it, you're like, this does not feel like it's going to end well. So maybe, maybe that'll be the top of crypto. I don't know, but sure sure seems questionable there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. doesn't make sense. Didn't, didn't work out. Now, speaking of, well, this is not related at all. There was, there was, a, there was a nice write-up. Uh, I, I don't know if it was from Timothy Prickett Morgan or the other guy, but kind of like going over like, what's up with IBM and cloud? And uh, <laughs> like, I think, I think every now and then it's worth revisiting this. Because I think, uh, I mean, IBM Cloud shows up on the the Magic Quadrant, right? Or at least they get a mention. I mean, they yeah, actually yeah. are they still in there. They haven't been dropped yet. I, I no, haven't really checked in it in a while. Didn't well, they're, they're in there. They're, they're like the number six, right? Yeah, I think right behind Oracle. Right? But like now, I'm going to admit up front that I don't really study it very closely. But I know that that you two pay closer attention. Uh, but like, is it uh, like like should they keep having like a cloud? Is that working out for them? Or, or like, what uh, is that a good idea? Is it going well? Not well. You know, they didn't they finally have their first uh, profitable quarter after like ten years or something. So mm. clearly, it's working. Well, I think the big question will be, you know, and I think the every time they write these articles up, I think it's sort of the one. It's like how many customers do you have on? I'm talking about their public cloud, right? And then yeah. two, how much, you know, if you will. Um, how much money are you willing to put into infrastructure to keep, you know, building out to keep pace? And that seems to always be the, I don't know, the thing that I think IBM will never have an answer for because, you know, every, all their competitors, AWS, Azure, and, and GCP are all capitalized with, you know, near trillion dollar plus market caps with, you know, what feels like, which might as well be infinite money. You know, they may not choose to spend it, but they have so much. So I think that is always going to be the thing that's brought up over and over again. And and so if you are IBM and you're you know, in the laggard uh, quadrant there, it's, you know, it is hard to figure out. And I guess it's just like, what is your stated goal? If your stated goal is to like, I, we really want to compete and, you know, take on uh, Azure and AWS, it feels like you're going to have to do something, you know, completely yeah, different yeah. to get there well, and that's and i guess because they've made so many other divestitures recently it's like so i think that's what this article was sort of saying is like you know could they take the infrastructure as a service business kind of often referred to as soft layer business and so could you kind of carve that off and like you know sell it off and and maybe f focus in on stuff like red hat and your legacy software so that doesn't mm -hmm. seem like a crazy idea to me not that they've announced it but we'll see what happens yeah i, I wonder i wonder if in the the financial analyst world if I mean, hmm. I actually I actually couldn't like make up an answer in my head, but I wonder if they still believe that there can be another public cloud vendor that matters out there. Like, which is to say, if if someone were to come to the software defined talk uh, venture fund 
which, uh, you know, I'm still going to be involved in that despite having my own hedge fund <laughs> as, as I've been going over or my own, my own fund. I've, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like Jack Dorsey it and be involved in, in a couple of things. Plus, plus my retreats uh, and stuff like that. But, you know, like, I feel like if they came to our fund and they were like, we are, we are a late stage company, very late stage. We're talking like a hundred plus years late stage. We're on series, <laughs> we're on series, you know, Z, series C, 10. A, F. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, we are, we uh, are seeking funding uh, to continue building out our, our public cloud. And it, and it was 2022, you'd be like, hey man, that's cool. But like, I don't think that's going to work. Right. Like there's already all these other people. And to your point, like, you know, I got the most I got the annual Charles Fitzgerald chart that shows like how much spend you have to do. And like you got a lot of, if you got some other business ideas, let's talk about that. But just like we're not currently investing in building a new public cloud or like, you know, if, if you're not if you're not the top, whatever, like just like we, we don't really think that's uh, something going to work out. But like, I guess like I guess the way public tech companies are kind of like valued and looked at that, like. Is it the case that if you are not trying to do your own public cloud thing, then you get dinged for it? Like, no, I, I don't think know. so. Because because in that article they go through and they, you know, a lot of companies we've talked about probably throughout the years like got into it and got out. Like Cisco got in, yeah, decided yeah, yeah. not to Crazy. do it. HP. I mean, there's like, yeah. I mean, pretty much every. I mean, we could probably say almost every major tech company made an attempt, right, and then exited in one way or the other. So I think at this point, I think I don't know. I think the financial markets would probably reward it. They would probably say because now. I'll, Someone uh, wrote this in Slack. I'm not going to mention them in case they they didn't want it public for public consumption. But I thought it was really, I thought their point was was really well taken. They kind of thought like IBM had, you know, there's kind of three semi competing missions. There's one legacy software. So the mission there is keep people using and buying the legacy software. There's IBM Cloud, which is like okay, move everything to the public cloud. And then there's the Red Hat, which which is basically move everything to OpenShift. You know, compete with VMware and things like that. So. So I kind of think, you know, to your point, like if the slide that you're in, you know, if we're presenting to you, Coach A, right? You'd be like, I think if we put all three of those things on uh, the board, I, I think we could say like, you know what we should do? We should just narrow it to two. And I think you could pretty easily say like, let's focus in on legacy software and let's focus in on Red Hat. Let's make that work and let's get out, you know what, let's stop. And then also there was a recent announcement of IBM's partnership with AWS, right? So that was another kind of indication that, Hey, we're, we, they clearly understand they need to have partnerships with like AWS because that's where people want to run, you know, some of the mm-hmm. software. So I don't know. So I guess it would just, but I guess your original question there though, I, I think sometimes it's very hard for companies to come to grips with that. Right. I guess it would probably be yeah. seen by, you know, maybe, I guess it maybe the best question would be like the executives, how would they perceive doing it? Would they feel like that helps their self-preservation or weakens them? Like if they yeah. come out and say, would the board of directors be like, well, if you want to do that, then maybe we want to replace you. So maybe that's maybe that's a reason you keep it well, going. And, and I, you know, I think I think also to, to clarify my or or to add detail, like you know, it's totally fine if you just like just like have some managed hosting business where you run hardware for stuff, even your own like custom hardware. But like you you know, like I, I don't I don't know. It just seems like trying to the effort you put into trying to have a a public cloud, even like just man, that's a lot of work. If you're not, it, if you're it's not a lot of work the, the big players. and and what do how do they differentiate themselves? I mean, Oracle, you know, they anchor their public cloud with their SaaS offerings. You know, they've got a lot of you know things that are critical to a lot of companies. Right. Exactly. And, and and IBM does too, but you don't see that as a focus. Like you know, Oracle, yeah. every you know, every SaaS and cloud product they have 
work well to you know ostensibly work well together so you know if you are running you know compute workloads you can hook into you know their their uh you know big databases and and all the you know applications that they're running for you as a service and you know that's pretty transparent it's like why hasn't ibm done that i i don't get the feeling like that they've put in that effort to be like oh you know if you want to i don't know run jboss or you know db2 we're the place that does it better than anybody else you know migrate your legacy db2 workloads to us we'll give you great discounting and we'll give you all these other features it just feels like they're like yeah we got a place for you to throw your junk Right. Or, you know, we got this big, you know, consulting project with you. And of course, we'll just run it on an IBM cloud. It's like, well, why do you say, of course, right? There's no, there's no gravity to their cloud. There's no attraction other than an IBM customer. But also too, it kind of gets more confusing there too, because in some ways what you're saying there is another version of managed services and IBM has that. And then they kind of spun that out as Kindrel. So, so it's like one of those things where it's like, it is very like, we spun out Kindrel, which is a managed services group, which would absolutely do what you said. We'll run yeah, all this stuff yeah. for you. And like, well, no, now now the strategy is we want you to move it to our IBM Cloud and probably end up with something similar to managed services. But so now why we're just, they it's under the, the brand of IBM Cloud. Opinion. And it's right. like, well, it's just, you know, I, I, you know, maybe they just need, I don't know, Coach, maybe they, you need to send them a little bit of uh, what the hard thing about hard things. You send them over, mm. send them that book and be like, you got to make some tough decisions here, right? Like, yeah. it won't be easy to exit the, that business, but at the same time, it's like, if you never, if you never make any change there, you're just sort of digging the hole deeper, right? You're just yeah. like, you know, a year from now, like, are we, do we really think they're going to be, you know, at, you know, 85% growth year over year and starting to really put pressure on GCP to take third? Like, you know, who's going to make that bet? Who's like, yeah, this is an area. This is this is an area where maybe those in meeting, uh, like reviews would be a <laughs> good idea, except, Review except. You're not you're not rating people. You're sort of rating strategy, right? Exactly. I feel, I feel like you know, in in many companies over the years that I've worked with, there's there you, and and in any group of people, uh, I mean, it's always like this. Like, if if there's something stinky going on, most everyone is like, oh, I smell that. That's stinky, right? <laughs> but then but then there's like there's probably some name for this effect. But then there's this, this effect that because you're in a group and you're all trying to like you know pull together or whatever no one acknowledges that there's something stinky and so like you need you need the 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 stinky dial that people can just be like yeah i don't think this is a good idea right but i i would say this to like i don't think my my feelings are right like i think the people within ibm working ibm cloud like they know like i don't think the problem is nobody there has ever thought about this right oh right well well, the problem is like can anybody, is there any willingness to act, right? It's not that it isn't known. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and, 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 and that's why, that's why you need to have the, uh, the, 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 the dials is that because then it becomes transparent, right? Like right. If quarter after quarter, quarter, like the stinky dials are all in the red on this thing, eventually the, the, the executives or, or whoever is making these decisions is going to have to be like, hmm. I should probably do something about that, right? Like, I don't, I don't really want to like change this thing around, but like, I'm kind of not looking cool here, right? Like, every everyone knows that like uh, uh, this is not working out, and I don't know, I don't know. But uh, that that's that you know my detailed analysis of uh, what's going on over there. I yeah, I I used to talk with IBM people when I was an analyst a lot. That was fun. That was that was a good period to uh, dig deep into there, what what they were up to. Uh, so how's uh how how's our you know I think I think speaking of well this is really like the uh, the slightly cynical episode here 
that we have. But I haven't checked in on them in a while. But how's how's Zoom doing? Are they uh, are they maintaining value? Well, I think they, they had. Uh, I just think the there? thing that's interesting there is like they continue to do uh, well, and you know they had a nice quarter there. I guess they you know making over what a billion dollars in revenue and up twelve percent year over year. I just think it's going to always go down, and I don't know. It's, you know, it'd be interesting to like maybe they made the right decision. I guess it will always go down as one of these questions of like, wow, you know, here they had at some point, you know, Matt can probably quote it, like they had some like three hundred billion dollar market cap, right, and. You know, it's come off, I don't know, some huge amount, right? And so during that period of time, I guess they did attempt to make one acquisition that we talked about. I can't remember. It was like a call center. Yeah, thing. like a but call center. That yeah. fell through. And, and of course, now that market cap is gone. So it will always, it comes back to it, I guess. And I was listening to an uh, interview with uh, their CEO, you know, and when he tells the story of Zoom, he just tells the story of like, we needed to build a better WebEx because he had worked at WebEx. He knew WebEx was bad. He felt like, he couldn't fix it at Cisco, left, and he did it. And I think in the end, that's what he's great at. And I don't think he'll ever want mm. to, like, you know, he just sort of stumbled in, like, having, I don't know, $250 billion of of, of uh, market cap to do something with. And, like, I think at the end of the day, he just sort of, like, couldn't do anything with it because, you know, what he'd probably want to do is build a new product. But, like, when you have that money, it's not used to build a product. Just go buy something. Like, we, we joked yeah. a lot about here, like, you know, you know, just like he complained about um, WebEx, I, you know, I like to complain about all the file sharing, like, yeah, like make box better, make Dropbox better, make one of those things better, or, or, you know, integrate, um, you know, Discord or something along those lines. But I guess the conclusion I came to after listening to him was like, no, he just wants to build products. And it doesn't matter if you even if you gave him the, the quote, infinite um, money to go buy something with, I don't think I don't think he could do it. So it kind of just leads me back to be like, well, Zoom is just a really good conferencing piece of software and it's making good money and that'll probably be all it ever is under eric's leadership now is, now i i guess I, fine. I, for, I forget if if the hard things book between the the like you know quoting jay-z and stuff uh mm-hmm. covers this but maybe there's another lesson here and and i don't know if this is intentional in zoom's part but maybe one of the the harder things as as the executive team and maybe even the board that you have to do is when your company is suddenly valued at like 120 billion dollars Perhaps there's some points where you have to be like, yeah, that's not real. So let's not let's not really <laughs> well, pay attention but, but, to that because because but you're supposed to take advantage of that. Well, I know that's why that's why it would be a hard thing is is to basically be like that's kind of not real. And so if we start living our life based on that that valuation, we're probably going to screw something up. So for example, if we were to think that like, oh, what we need to do now is expand into other businesses and add things on, we're going to use that high valuation to acquire things. And then like a year later, you're like, oh, now I got all these businesses I got to manage. Really, I just wanted- <laughs> where, Where'd this new public cloud come from? Yeah, like all I wanted to do was make a better WebEx, right? And so like at some point you've got to like, you got you got the feedback coming in from your valuations and just be like, mm, that's that's fake. And if I start if I start thinking that it's real, things are going to go poorly. And Yeah, and- I don't know. And maybe that's, I don't know. In the end, maybe that's the right decision. I guess it's just one of those things to like, it, it's so rare you're given this opportunity, right? Where you would just, uh, you know, to me, because it's one of those things where like, well, if nothing else, like buy things that you think are profitable and just leave them alone, right? Like don't manage them. Right. You know, it's sort of like the old Warren Buffett. It's like, we have yeah. all this capital. We know we're in these areas. We should at least try to convert it to something. Because otherwise, I mean, you, you literally are just like, well, you're kind of just telling everyone. It's like, well, it's kind of like the weather. It's like, I hope you enjoyed the really nice weather right now because it's just going to go away. And it's, and it's probably never coming back. So just because they're down 
almost what 60 percent on the year and so it's like like, they probably will never i don't know you know i wouldn't even say that it will probably be a long time before they get back to that um that level kind of like you know cisco and sun right you know remember back then and like the dot-com implosion they were like you know they were both like i don't know 500 billion 700 billion back in those days that was a lot of money and you just kind of know it's like well in the end it it can all just unwind yeah yeah yes you know i I mean I, I think I think uh, I think the long term play. I mean, that's is basically just like don't ever fall into the trap of sucking, like <laughs> like just like it, it's it's sort of like it's it goes back to our one of our old core touch points is like if only the systems management vendors, whenever a new type of infrastructure comes around, if they would just really like adapt and like redo their stuff to monitor that infrastructure, we wouldn't need to rewrite it all the time. But that seems to be an impossibility. And I think maybe the problem is that, like, with extremely rare exception in the tech world, like, tech companies just, like, don't evolve, right? And so, like, that... They evolve slowly, but the change is fast, right? So Whoa! We need a chart for that one. But uh... <laughs> but but, but there, there's there's a high volume of change, right? And there's a high volume of fast change, and they don't know which ones are right, so they have to take yeah. a moderate conservative approach... And so they can't make all the bets uh, unless, you know, they're Amazon and then they'll just, you know, throw a pizza team at everything. Um, but, yeah, they they're going to lose eventually because they can't cover every bet. You know, that's just the way it works. Um, you know, so if you look at somebody like Zoom, yeah, they should have they should have taken some sort of shot because, you know, it's not going to circle back. And now they're going to be seen as like a value stock. You know, they're they're probably saturating their growth. Somebody else will come up with, you know, the new version of Zoom, you know, Plume or whatever, and it'll be, you know, better and cheaper and, you know, everyone will switch to that and they will have lost that opportunity. So, and, and the stock market knows that, right? They're like, oh yeah, we're coming for you. We don't like, we don't like value. We want growth. And it's like, mm. fine, then pay a dividend, you know, do something yeah. to like keep people interested in, in you. All right, well, Matt, that brings us to, you know, our question of the week. Yeah, you know, we always say somebody uh, always asks a question of the week. So this one, (sighs) they didn't necessarily say it was for you, but I'm going to make it for you. So Matt C. from Slack, he asked the following. uh, Any official SDG prediction if we've got uh, the bottom of the current economic uh, conditions or crisis? Well, so Matt, that's really, you're our elite economic uh, indicator uh, forecaster here. So where are we at? Oof. You always try to get me to log into my TD Ameritrade account. That's well, not. I was just going to say, like, I'll read Matt's official response uh, in the Slack. It was, quote, Matt Ray says, quote, we have no idea. So like, we can go with that. Like, that <laughs> seems like uh, it seems I will say my only I have no idea is my, my answer as well. But I did um, think over the last couple of weeks that pretty much everyone that had any content about surviving the recession, you know, uh, competing in the economic downturn, like that is out. Everybody has flooded the zone on that. We don't need a PowerPoint or white Oof. paper or anything on that. So if you wanted just to be counter trend, you would just be like, no, now's the best time ever to invest and things are going to be great because last week there was just nothing but PowerPoints about survival during recession. So we definitely yeah. don't want to see that anymore. So so I, I can tell you the, the mistake I made uh, was a lot of my large stocks I put in sell orders where if the stock drops, I think it was like, you know, if it drops 10% off its peak, sell. And so those automated trades kicked in on a bunch of stuff and made a bunch of money initially. 
But the problem was all the little bits I made, I never did that. I was like, you know, oh, you know, here's, you know, here's 2000 on this. And, you know, oh, it's a hassle to go put those automated cells in. And now all those 2000 bets are down at like, you know, 200, 300, 400. <laughs> so the, the bottom of my portfolio is like, you know, loss of 80% on a bunch of stuff. And, but they're all like, you know, $1,000, $2,000 bets. And so they're, the volume sucks there. And then all the right. big well, things. In the end, the Matt, it wasn't your strategy. Okay. It, was, it, yeah. it was your trading execution. That's the way you should say it. Yeah, my absolutely, traders, your absolutely. traders let you bad down. Execution. That's all. That bad, bad picks, so. but but then failure to follow through on my own strategy. All right. So, well, um, listen, for everyone, if you would like to get a question like that answered, as insightful as Matt just did, you can either send us the question at questions at softwaredefinedtalk.com or send it in Slack. We'll read one on the air and you'll get great advice or or if nothing else, you'll get some type of entertaining answer. Well, I, 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 do, I, I still, do have a sell order on VMware. I still don't understand like what is causing the problems because I think I think last time. I haven't finished reading the 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 Radialio book, but but I, I guess I don't know if we're exactly in decadence. I, it's that's hard to tell. And but then like isn't like isn't the only thing that matters like if if like the the interest rate goes up or something and then money becomes more expensive or cheaper? I don't know. I still don't understand what's happening. So who knows if it can get worse or not? I don't. I, nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows. knows. Nobody knows anything. Yeah, which, which probably means there's a good a chance that it, it just will get better. You know, that's so. that's my my key. My, that's yeah. my uh, hope is uh, I'm not liquidating my stuff. I'm just hoping I'm putting in sell orders for when things break even and hoping that happens someday. Yeah. You know, tide goes in, tide, tide go, goes out. Tide goes I tell you one thing that's always valuable is the software defined talk sticker. So if it retains if you value, need, if you need that, you know, all you need to do is send your postal address to stickers at software defined talk.com <laughs> and I will send you a real in person or not office oh, it's called? better real than adam NFT, b it's sticker real. it's no adam it's there's you can't lose any keys there are no keys i'll just send you the sticker nobody's gonna steal just, it and if they do we'll send you another one and we'll send you another one infinitely replaceable so Take there you go board, and and if there's anything that we could say now is the time in time of high in, uh, inflation get more stickers so email me and i'll send the stickers to you Yep, yep. As valuable, if not more, as uh, Bank of Amsterdam Gilder notes in the Hanseatic League. I think I think it's it's definitely some, much more transportable than uh, precious metals. And uh, but but then also you can trust that uh, as needed, we can just print more money, or right, which is to say, <laughs> <laughs> not 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 a big problem. Uh, well, uh, do we have any other uh, bureaucracy other than stickers? Any anything? Uh, you've, you've got quite. You've got a. Uh, a not a first. Well, maybe it is a first. You've got a special thing going on tomorrow, Brandon. What? Yeah, we're going to. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will have happened. We're going to try to record a, a live uh, show here at the that conference here up in Round Rock. So hopefully, we'll put that out in uh, as an episode. We'll see. If you don't hear about it, you, if you don't ever hear it, I'll just. That means it went so good that uh, I couldn't put it on the internet. That's in the person only. only. Too good for the internet. Yeah, too good for the internet. But if you do hear it, that means it went well. And uh, that'll be a little special episode. Maybe we'll talk about uh, some other things that happened this week that we didn't mention on this show. I'm going to have uh, JJ on, some of the people from the That Conference. So hopefully it'll be great. And if it's not on the internet, it just meant it was great only in person. So remember That's that. That's right. It, 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 lost, uh, it lost its greatness when, when put into two-dimensional format known as sound. Although... Is sound one dimensional or two dimensional? I don't want to get into a whole rocks conversation, but like, how many dimensions does sound occupy? 
Well, definitely time. Hmm. Mm, I don't but know. I mean, we'll, I mean, let's listen to figure that out. Like, like, I mean, I, I mean, in terms of X, Y, and Z, like, <laughs> what, uh, what has it got going on? Huh. Anyways, uh, well, there's, there's many other conferences happening. I want to highlight one that I've spent a lot of time uh, helping curate and put together, and that's DevOps Loop, which is uh, June 22nd. This is the second year we've been doing it on June 22nd, and uh, it's totally free to uh, attend. It's about like a half day. We've given several speakers more time than we allocated, uh, so it's going to be a, a little bit longer than originally planned. But if you just go to devopsloop.io, you don't even need to enter a discount code. But it's uh, it's free, and you can see some of the speakers. We've got we've got Gene Kim opening it up. I spent a lot of time. I mean, uh, not a lot of time in a bad way. I caught up with him last week talking about his talk. We've got Sam Newman going over microservices things, and uh, my old friend Jeffrey Hammond will be there. Uh, but you can check out the agenda for more. I've really been trying to um, program it to focus on like application developers and what developers, the dev and DevOps is is all about. But there's also uh, other conferences other than DevOps Loop uh, on June 22nd, which you could uh, attend for free. There's, uh, there's another that conference in July in Wisconsin. Splunk has a conference in June. There's MongoDB World in June as well. And then in Austin, there's the CDCon June 7th to 8th. I'll have to see. It'd be fun to see if they have any surveys because, you know, I like to collect from the State of Agile survey that ha- comes out, has been out for about 13 years what the reported usage of uh, CI and CD is. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it's good to compare and contrast to other things there. And, you know, there's a bunch of other conferences. But if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 360, uh, you can see a, a list of them. And with that, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week? All right, my recommendation is a book. I read the uh, the After Steve book, so this is sort of the the book about Apple. It's uh, and I actually really enjoyed it. The Apple, um, someone thinking I learned about it. Someone said that the uh, subtitle, which is quote, "How Apple became a trillion dollar company and lost its soul," was a little bit misleading. So I was like, on that, I, I was like, okay, I want to read it. And I thought it was uh, really insightful. I think it's sort of more like a, a look at how do how did Tim Cook and Johnny Ive sort of like steer Apple in the ten years since uh, um, uh, Steve Jobs' death. And I thought it was really interesting. And I will say, like, I think the message is sort of like, you know, like, hey, Johnny Ive is like the soul of the company. But I have to really say that I, I found myself more aligned with like tim cook in many of the decisions he made so i don't know so you have to read it and maybe it becomes like almost like a test are you like a tim cook person or are you a johnny i person like which which person do you kind of side with uh, in the 10 years of decisions that they made so uh I, I enjoyed it it was fun to read you know i always like narrative nonfiction. so if you're into that check it out narrative nonfiction. that's a category right there i think i think i heard an interview on the long form podcast of someone who who uh kind of name-checked narrative long fiction, which which sounds good. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have? Uh, so I've got a, a couple of short picks. Um, if you are into, like, outdoor activities, running, camping, and that kind of stuff, REI's uh, anniversary sale is going on. Uh, since I'm going to be in Austin in a few weeks, I ordered a bunch of stuff and had it shipped to uh, my parents. <laughs> so shop, shop, the, shop the sales. That's uh, – that's what I go for. But um, my pick this week are a pair of podcasts. Uh, the Screaming in the Cloud podcast uh, had an interview with the head of the AWS Commerce platform. I didn't know what that was. Uh, so, you know, show, showing my uh, my lack of, of knowledge. But um, this is their billing engine. And um, apparently they deal with, they, they may be one of the largest compute projects on the planet. 
<laughs> so uh, I, I thought it was kind of fascinating, um, you know, peeling back on the fact that they deal in quadrillions, um, which, you know, is, is billion billions. So that's a, a large, large Quad- amount of data. Oh, quadrillions of like uh, data points or and billing and billing items. And, yeah, it's it's impressive. Uh, are, so are, they, was- are they going to get in a situation where in order to compute the billing for the public cloud they're running, they need another public cloud? Because it's going to exceed the, the well, capacity that they uh, have? They, they probably aren't running it on IBM Cloud. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, that was interesting when they started talking about some of the scale of the issues they deal with. But uh, my other pick, uh, Brad and I were talking about it a little in the pre-show, uh, was the Reply All um, penultimate episode, I guess, maybe, uh, Fly in the Coop. Um, it starts talking about uh, a Facebook group of backyard chickens. And uh, it takes a uh, a wild turn, so I'm not going to spoil it at all. But take a listen to it. I thought I, I found myself laughing out loud, and hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it too. Well, my recommendation: I haven't finished reading this book, and uh, it's got a bit of a long title. Well, it's got a it's got a colon title, and uh, you know I'm always trying to figure out work life balance. So uh, I don't I don't remember how I came across this book, but it's called The Baby on the Fire Escape: Colon Creativity, Motherhood, and the Mind Baby Problem. Uh, I didn't realize that pun. That's funny. Mind baby problem. Uh, but, you know, it, instead of mind body problem, see, they change body to baby, even though it's a very similar word. But uh, I'm only about maybe a third of the way through reading it. But it's basically is a book, uh, kind of a not a, 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 a difficult to read academic study, but like, let's do a survey of like uh, a bunch of uh, creative women in the 1900s uh, and maybe up to the present who uh, had kids and see how that affected uh, the, them, them being mothers or parents, I guess you could say, and then also their, uh, their creative projects. And uh, so far, I've read up to uh, people in the, the 20s and the 30s, and the prognosis is not good. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, things change as time goes on and uh, people come up with things. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's always a nice perspective to kind of read uh, how... People outside of the uh, the tech neo-libertarian world are uh, dealing with work-life balance. Well, speaking of dealing with work-life balance, you should congratulate yourself for mixing them together wonderfully if you work in the computer industry, because you've just had a little bit of life, a little bit of work, and I think they're well-balanced. Now, if you're not in the computer industry and you listen to this, that's great, too. You know, you got to <laughs> peek into another uh, another area of the world. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on all devices that can download content. Uh, you know, you can you can actually install a Python script or a, a Ruby script, maybe even Go or Erlang that just downloads things over and over again. That would be fine. But what you've been listening to has been Software Defined Talk. And if you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash, uh, where's the number? It's been removed 360. from our document. You can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 360. And you can look around at everything uh, according to the numeric meaning of uh, 360. That that because that's a circle. I realized Absolutely. recently that like people don't really explain jokes anymore, so it's kind of like it's kind of like a little hole you can go down to to add extra humor by over explaining jokes. Uh, yeah, well, I think I think uh, the where I where I realized this is uh, you know that Ryu movie. There's several points where where the dragon. 
what's her name? Not Snuffleupagus, but whatever the name of the, the dragon is. She explains her jokes several times, and it's pretty hilarious. First rule of comedy is, is explanation. Second yes. rule is repetition. Yeah, they call that ex- expository stand-up, I think, I think is, uh, <laughs> is what you want there. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Well, well, now, 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 uh, what I'm saying, Matt Ray, is that like you could only get to sandwich talk and not get the enterprise uh, vendor sports talk if you didn't want that, right? And so, like, you could just tune into what you wanted.